Welcome to episode number six of the AllMonster.com MTPC Monster Truck Podcast, sponsored by absolutely nobody, and uh, it'll stay that way for a while as long as we keep doing this thing, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't really see why anybody would contribute money to this, so uh, yeah, if you're listening, you're a sponsor, I guess, I don't know. You're responsible <laughs> for this. Uh, anyway, thanks guys for watching. And, uh, responsible or irresponsible? Yeah, well, you know, that's a good point. <laughs> but we're back, guys. Uh, it's been a couple weeks. Lots of stuff's gone on in the world of Monster Trucks. First quarter, all that stuff. I want to thank uh, a couple drivers, a couple true crew guys have come out and said, hey, we watched this thing, we listened to this thing, and uh, hey, I'm glad that you guys are, are doing this and having this as your background music in the shop or whatever the case may be. If you're working, keep working. We appreciate all the work that you do. So we can review... Past couple of weeks in review, um, I think we could cover the the shows for this week and uh, kind of relate them to some of the stuff that happened last week. But it's been quite, quite busy, Dustin. That's putting it mildly. <laughs> ten shows on the Monster Jam Tour. All ten Monster Jam Tours were in action. So you were out there at the New Orleans show. Why don't we start off with that? And uh, let's talk about that a little bit, man. Pretty crazy show. Ended up with uh, Morgan Kane taking the freestyle win, and that's uh, a pretty cool racing as well. Yeah, man, uh, I feel like racing, honestly, was the highlight of the show for me. Um, it's been kind of the interesting thing on that tour so far is I feel like the racing has kind of overshadowed the freestyle competition in a way, and that the freestyles haven't quite maybe been on the par or on par with, say, the West Tour or, say, the tour that's been having Ryan Anderson and CVH and those guys. Um seems like the East Tour is kind of finding its own way as far as freestyle and stepping up between event, event, event. I mean, Jim Kohler's freestyle win um, at the Sunday show in San Antonio was pretty big. But racing-wise, we've had some pretty tight action in racing. Uh, we've seen, you know, the competition level getting raised between events. And um, it's just been really interesting to follow. Um, Lindsey Wink's been so on point with his racing so far this year. He's looking so tough to knock off. He seems to just keep finding speed whenever it matters. Um, and then we were seeing some other drivers, you know, really start to step into the fold. Uh, Chuck Warner this past weekend making it into the finals, um, cutting the fastest time of the night and semifinal round going into the finals. Um, and then, you know, just seeing how, you know, the things are going to shake out this year. We've seen a few drivers, you know, make their way into the field, a few drivers not, and they're trying to find their way. Um, but for me, yeah, racing has definitely been the highlight so far. There just hasn't been quite as much to speak of um, freestyle-wise as, say, you know, on the West Coast Tour. But what about the wheelie contest? Uh, the wheelie contest is the wheelie contest. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice way, guys. That was, that was Dustin playing politics right there. That was a nice way of saying that we, we can both agree that the wheelie contest should be in another part of the show. Maybe uh, not right before its position in the show format I'm not personally a fan of because I feel like people are scared, drivers are scared to break their equipment in advance of freestyle. Well, I mean, to me, honestly, I just don't feel like the wheelie contest in stadiums really kind of, it doesn't really translate well to me. And maybe I'm in the minority, maybe I'm not. But to me, it's just, you know, the drivers take, a decent amount of time to line it up because they don't want to go out and just make a hit and it kind of just flop over and not really do anything. 
so they're taking their time and trying to line it up, and it's just kind of a, it's a slow-moving contest. It doesn't seem to be getting quite as much action. Occasionally, we get some really sweet wheelies out of it, but for the most part, though, it's kind of just... I, I hate to say it, but it feels like more or less going through the motions. Yeah, yeah, and that's, again, that's not necessarily a knock on the drivers because you can you can have the the format of a show and the way that it's presented. The drivers may actually be... Uh, being smart there because you know if you're a guy that's that's having a lot of fun with the the freestyle portion of it uh, they're focused on freestyle why would you risk making a one hit in the wheelie contest breaking something and then not being able to have any points potentially for freestyle with the way the point series is set up I gotta say it might be a little bit uh, better if it was at the start of the show and then maybe okay if you're a freestyle truck and you're not really much for racing then I think that that's going to be an interesting concept, right? Okay, so if you're, I don't know, let's just say Jim Kohler, although he is, a, he is a good, smart racer, everybody knows he's a freestyle guy. So if he's in this format and he says, okay, I'm going to go out for the wheelie contest and I'm going to do a strong wheelie. If I break, I break. If I miss racing, I probably wasn't going to get as many points as a freestyle thing anyway. But if I break something, chances are I can get back in time for freestyle and make my points. I would almost like to see the show lead off with the wheelie contest. It's always worked for the arena shows because, hey, you get the crowd on their feet. You get that first hit under your under your feet, literally. And I think that's a good way way to go. I think that's a strong way to go. But that's just, that's just personal opinion. I think that maybe having that freestyle... Uh, gapped in between uh, the racing go wheelie contest racing and then freestyle i think you're you're good to go there so i don't know if that's just my thoughts i, I could be me but uh, well and i mean that it's kind of how they do have it at the moment with the wheelie contest being between you know kind of qualifying racing freestyle or whatever but i think with it being only six trucks it's kind of a you know uh it, it, it's definitely you know kind of i guess the secondary competition if you will and you know it where am I going with this? It's it's one of those deals to where like it just doesn't feel like it's important. And I in you know in the past you know it just seems like it's been an afterthought. This secondary competition that kind of gets thrown into the mix. Mm-hmm. In the past couple of years, it was either the donut contest or the obstacle course, and it's kind of one of those deals like we've been told we have to have this, so we have it. Yeah. And you know it, it's just one of those things where it seems to kind of get shoehorned into it, and I just don't feel like it really adds anything to the show. Honestly, and maybe I'm the oddball out on this, I feel like the show would be better if we just cut Wheelie Contest out altogether. We leave the freestyle hits to be left for freestyle, and we just run a 16-truck racing bracket. Like I don't feel like it adds that much more length to the show. Mm-hmm. When you consider the more often likelihood of having you know Dirt have to go out and make a recovery in a Wheelie Contest, we've seen it happen in a number of different shows already this year that... You know, you have to go out and pull one or two or three, you know, sometimes even more trucks off the floor because of an unfortunate rollover because somebody was going for it or just didn't hit something right or whatever. They put the truck over backwards. And again, that's a longer longer recovery in a stadium than it is in an arena. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, racing doesn't really seem to take up that much time. No. You know, um, and maybe that is kind of a thing that is a thought process and trying to balance out these shows and make them the right length. But you know, racing to me, there's a lot of energy to it. It happens fairly quick. It's kind of a boom, boom kind of thing. Um, you know, as long as there's not too much breakage, which, you know, you can have the issues with that in any competition, no matter what you throw out there. Um, 
you know, it seems like it's a fast flowing thing. It keeps people intrigued. I think there's still a lot of people that it may, it's certainly not the majority, but it still gets a lot of attention as people do focus on the racing, especially when it is close and competitive like we've had so far this year. Yeah. A a good close race with a good format, with a good racing course. Hey, that's just as every bit as exciting as a cool wheelie. I'm with you there, man. So let's move on to the uh, other shows on the tour here. Uh, actually, wanted to wanted to touch on one quick thing. Uh, we mentioned Morgan Kane, and I gotta say, uh, we were both watching his freestyle after this weekend, and uh, they dialed in the shocks a little bit better. But that's something that's kind of a theme that we're gonna talk about in Detroit as well. Uh, people are still dialing their setups in and making sure everything's on point. You know, you don't really get to go practice on some random in in some random cornfield between shows. You look at what was on there on YouTube or wherever. And then you, you and your crew make your adjustments and hope that everything is a little better week by week. Morgan definitely had the shocks a little bit too soft the first week and then uh, didn't get much of a chance at San Antonio. And then now, okay, so he's in New Orleans. Truck looked a little bit better. I got to say the front shocks were looked still a little bit too soft. Uh, he still was able to get a beautiful slap wheelie going across the length of the floor. But I think there's a little bit more room for improvement there. And then he's going to be on point. Yeah, I think he and Bobby are, you know, that's one of those things that they're going to continue trying to dial in. You know, when they first tested the truck, they were really happy with it. But that was testing at the Carolina shop. It's, you know, the ramps aren't quite as, you know, beefed up as to what they are in today's world. The ground's a little bit softer. There's a little bit more give. You know, it's not a full-blown show situation. They made it to San Antonio the first night. It, it was it was too soft, you know, it, Morgan made it through freestyle, but it was one of those deals. You could tell a little bit that, you know, a couple of those hits, the truck had bottomed out. And that's not too much of a fun ride when you're in the driver's seat. And then the next day they had stiffened it up and the truck got such a nasty rebound that it put him over right on his lid in the first hit. So they're kind of finding that happy medium from when I talked to Morgan and Bobby after the show. They seemed like they were pretty happy with it. I think they were pretty much satisfied with where the rear shocks were. It was finding that happy spot right there in the front to see where they can get, you know, that nice little balance between making sure that it's, you know, landing nice and settling down, but also tune it to a point where you can actually work a little bit of a purposeful rebound into it to work in slap wheelies or make the truck look a little more out of control when it really isn't. And like you were alluding to, there's, you know, a lot of people that are still trying to get everything figured out and, you know, going into this Detroit show this past weekend. A lot of those trucks hadn't seen action just yet for first quarter, you know, even with the big names like, you know, Zimmer and uh, Charlie Pock in there. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And that's where I was going with that. Uh, got to exchange a few text messages apiece with both Charlie Pockin, who was in Gravedigger there and ended up winning the freestyle portion of the show with the perfect 40, uh, as well as John Zimmer, who was in Dragon. And uh, uh, Zimmer was the one that actually mentioned to me uh, that – even though he went pretty big there, had a beautiful backflip at the end of his run, had a beautiful as well wheelie walking to a reverse thing with stuff in it. You can just watch the video. It was awesome. Uh, that's the point. Total control of the truck. He said, well, I'm still working on the shocks. If I work on the shocks a little bit more, I can go even bigger. That's a scary thought. He's going to be putting pressure on Chucky all year. However, Chucky had a little bit of built-in pressure because... He only had first gear for the majority of his freestyle. Still pulled off a perfect 40. At this point, we shouldn't be surprised at anything he does. However, uh, he is amazing. If I had to pick one driver to watch for the rest of my life, if there was only one freestyle driver I could watch 
it would be this man. If you don't watch Charlie Puck in freestyles, you have not watched freestyle. It's that simple. Guy did a beautiful backflip, ran with a hurt truck the whole time, something that people may not get if they're not familiar with the way these things work. You could hear the motor revving real, running real high the whole time. After about the first or second hit, that truck was in first gear the whole time. He made, as the expression says, chicken salad out of chicken doo-doo. And I'm here <laughs> to tell you, that was an awesome freestyle. Much respect to Charlie Pawkin. And, of course, can't forget about the man in the Mad Scientist, man. It was good to see Leo Donald pick up another racing win in that VP Fuels Mad Scientist. Yeah, man, he's a solid racer. I mean, you can never count the dude out when it comes to racing. You can almost pretty much count him to be at least in the semifinal round. Yeah. I don't know what the stats are. Somebody could more knowledgeable than myself could probably pull it up and be like, hey, you know, he's made the semifinals, you know, 70% of the time over how many years. But dude's a solid racer, and you can always count on him for that. And he's always a solid freestyler as well. You know, if the truck's working right or whatever, you can pretty much put him in the top half of the field. And He's got the ability to take that up a notch when, you know, things are going right for him. He can take it up a notch and really start competing for freestyle wins as well. You know, he's a talented driver. I think he just flies under the radar a little bit because his personality isn't very big and he doesn't, you know, do a lot of flashy anything. He just lets his drive and do the talking and sometimes that's all you need to do. Yeah, absolutely, man. And he's he tells it like it is, man. If you get if you get in behind closed doors, if you get in behind the scenes, He's a character. He's a funny guy, and uh, very, very well liked by his fellow drivers and crew as well. Uh, wanted to wanted to take a moment. I was reading through some of the comments here on the prior podcast. I wanted to thank Max D Fan one three five seven two four as well. Uh, was talking about freestyle and stuff. Uh, speaking about Neil Elliott. Well, guess what? Neil Elliott went to work as well this week, and Carl Van Horn and Cody Saussier got a racing victory. There's a lot of guys that are really starting off the season strong. Getting consistency as well. Uh, can't forget about the brand new guy, though. I uh, want to talk about Matt Byten for a minute. The man hopped into Metal Militia. And if you guys don't know the backstory here, and if you're not Freestyle Motocross fans, first things first, Freestyle Motocross guy, awesome. Okay, been on the X Games, pretty big star over there. Uh, Monster Jam is becoming a history deal of having these Freestyle Motocross guys or Motocross guys come into trucks. We've seen Travis Pastrana, we've seen Damon Bradshaw, and etc. Uh, but now, Byton uh, got the chance after five plus years of wanting to be in a truck, trying to go out and test, trying to do things, finally got his shot in Detroit, and man, he made the most of it. It was really nice to see, and uh, that's a story that you can follow, and a guy that you can get behind, I think. He's grateful for his opportunity, and it, this isn't just some celebrity out there trying to run. This is a guy that's been interested in this and wanted to do this for years, and I think that's much, you know, much respect to, to Byton. Really put on a good show in Detroit. Yeah, man, it was uh, it was really cool to meet him in San Antonio. He actually uh, was in the area and was able to come to the event on a Saturday in San Antonio last week. And I had the opportunity to talk to him and meet him uh, briefly. And, you know, we chit-chatted a little bit back and forth. And he was a totally humble guy, like didn't seem to have any, you know, air of ego to him or anything like that. Like you kind of wonder sometimes when you're pulling people from different elements that – you're going to get somebody with some rock star persona that thinks they're, you know, bigger than anything else that's around. And Matt's just a normal dude. You know, he just happens to be, you know, a former X Games medalist and, you know, all that fun stuff. You know, he's a longtime, you know, member in the freestyle motocross community. And, you know, as the old saying goes with age, get a cage. And, you know, you're seeing more and more of these people, you know, starting to show some interest in, you know, crossing over to different sports, whether it's to, you know, short course off road, like we've seen a number of different guys do, or now, you know, to us with Monster Jam, which I think is a cool fit for, um, 
for people that are coming from the freestyle motocross background because so many of those guys, you know, like to do things that are creative that aren't just strictly, you know, the prim and proper corporate racing that we saw forever in Supercross. Yeah. So I think it's kind of a natural fit for a dude that, you know, kind of, you know, is coming from that background of not necessarily following all the rules or, you know, this or that or the other. It's a little bit of an outlaw mentality, I guess you could say, you know, that some of the freestyle motocross guys have. So it can, um, it can but, be high class art or gutter stuff, depending on who's behind the wheel. Right. <laughs> but uh, no, it's great. It's it's good to see that come over and and him come over. You know, these guys are building fan bases and having fan bases follow them into the sport. I'm all for it because that means that there's a lot of new monster truck fans, not just Matt Bytson fans as well. They get hooked in with the shows and they get ready to go. It's that you've seen that with Bradshaw, you've seen it with Pastrana. People that may not have seen monster trucks before go, hey, you know, this has made a lot of strides since I last saw it. I remember when Goldberg used to run, and you know, then you get them back into it. I think it's great. So yeah, I really liked yeah. what I saw out of Bytson too, especially the freestyle there. Had a couple of nice hits in there. I think his momentum between obstacles and some of that stuff will come with with time. But yeah, real solid start for him. Looking forward to seeing more. And uh, very, very interesting to see him get the opportunity after all these years. Love seeing that kind of stuff happen. And uh, speaking of which, again, Cody Sosier, a guy that has wanted an opportunity forever, got another racing win out there in Toronto. Toronto was a great show, man. Becky McDonough, once again, young driver. We were talking about this earlier Becky has really picked her game up this year. I think she just had that, uh, and you were saying this, she needed confidence, and now you can see it. You can almost see it just oozing out of the tires, man. She's got confidence behind that wheel, being aggressive. Oh, totally. I mean, you can see there's a massive difference in the way that she has taken a freestyle within the last few months compared to last season. I mean, you look at how hard she is really pushing the truck in freestyle. I mean, her Saturday night freestyle was kind of one of those ragged edge on the edge of your seat kind of freestyles. And that's something that she's really been working towards. I mean, you know, the, this past year, you know, it was kind of hit and miss with her freestyles on the FS1 tour um, in 2016. Mm -hmm. She would have her ups and she would definitely have her downs. You know, there were a couple of nights where things just really didn't go well. She'd be on her lid within, you know, two or three hits. And she was super frustrated by that. So there was definitely a lot of ups and downs to her performance in freestyle, um, you know, the year before. But so far, she's really come out strong. She's really come out swinging. I mean, she's carried some momentum over from last season. Um, you look at how she closed up, you know, in 2016 with the freestyle win in Minneapolis. And that was coming off of a rough weekend before where in St. Louis she was on her lid really early, you know. Um, I think maybe some of that was getting used to a little bit different truck and that her truck is still overseas. But um, you know, it, it, she's done such a great job so far this year. It's been really fun to sit back and watch and be like, "Hey, this is a radically different beast than it was just six months ago." Yeah, and I love I seeing think a lot the progression. Progression is the word there. If you're not progressing after a few years behind the wheel here, there's something wrong. Uh, I'm not saying that you have to go from getting fours in freestyle to getting tens every time, but seeing drivers have that that moment where they earn that confidence and they it finally clicks is a beautiful thing yeah and i mean you were saying earlier about cody i mean it's like he's on a totally different level this year with the performance that he's bringing out in racing i mean you can look at his style the way that he's throwing the truck into the turns and everything like that that's a dude that's riding some confidence right now and he's totally believing not only in himself but in his truck and everybody around him and you look at how hard he's pushing the truck and how he's making that thing work. And he's, you know, driving in a way that 
most others aren't really attacking the track. Like there's nobody running racing quite like him, except for maybe a handful of other people that are really flat tracking the truck, drifting it around and really making it work and carrying a lot of momentum around the turns. And then you look at what he's doing in freestyle too. I mean, he's doing barn burner freestyles every time he hits the floor. Yeah. Charlie Pawkin once told me there's not enough commitment sometimes from some people, not that he's playing God or anything like that, but he said, when I do a freestyle and when I'm getting ready to do a slap wheelie, I am fully committed to sticking my foot through the floor. It's a full commitment deal. You can't be a little, you know, lacking confidence or not sure about stuff. It's, it's. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it loudly. And you see that with Becky. You see that with Cody. You see that with Ryan Anderson. Several, you know, lots of people there. It, it's not just a physical thing. It's a mental thing in this at this stage. And I think that you're getting a lot of young drivers, especially, gaining that confidence and taking to this deal very, very quickly. Uh, another one that that we got to mention, Cynthia, Go- Cynthia Gauthier. Great, great weekend in that Monster Mutt Dalmatian. Not too bad there on that Triple Threat series. Interesting seeing her and Cole Bernard go out there and do some great things as well. Yeah, and well, I mean, to bring it in a totally different direction, some older dudes, you know, getting into this thing a little later than all the young bucks. I mean, look at what Jamie Garner and Matt Pagliarulo are doing so far this year. You know, the first night in Toronto, those guys were in the top half of the field in freestyle. You know, they've got top-notch equipment, some of the best stuff you can get your hands on. And they're learning with the best of them. You know, they're coming in there and having to cut their teeth alongside some of the young bucks that they're going up against. And, you know, they're doing well. I mean, we before we came on here, we were just watching Jamie's freestyle from Toronto. And the dude was sending it. You know, it's definitely been a learning curve for Jamie coming into a totally different environment where – you know, in the past, he's been mostly running either smaller arenas when he's doing the winter first quarter circuit with toughest monster truck tour, monster nation to, you know, the bigger, wider, more open areas, if you will, for, you know, monster truck throwdown and some other summer events, um, you know, getting a little bit more room to work with, not quite as, you know, uh, crazy obstacles, if you will. It's just a different beast. Um, you know, there, it's a totally different way of driving, if you will. And so crossing over and doing some of these events that now Jamie's doing on the, the stadium circuit with Monster Jam, it's it's an adapting time. And, you know, even his first freestyle out in Tampa, you know, I texted Jamie and I said, I thought he did well. And he was like, eh, I didn't really do all that much. You know, I got one decent hit in or whatever. You know, he well. was kind of down on himself <laughs> with his, you know, performance. But it's like, well, you know, not everybody's going to go out there and be knocking heads with Brian Anderson first show out. Yeah, well, guess but, what? He's he's there. I, I'm telling you this much right now. I, I at your suggestion, watched uh, Monster Truck Throwdown's Joyride, and I watched Throwdown for what? Their last two DVDs? Definitely recommend you guys checking them out. Some great independent Monster Truck action. And those DVDs will make you a fan of Jamie Garner. They'll also make you a fan of Jamie Garner's equipment. Because, man... I used to help with the shock therapy team, Amzell Shock Therapy with John Zimmer. That truck reminds me of shock therapy very, very much. A great, fantastic A-plus piece of equipment, and that's the first step. But behind it is a guy that really has passion for this business and really, really cares about the fans and is just a down-to-earth, nice dude. You can just tell it. It's a story to follow. It's a guy to follow that you can get behind. Feel comfortable being a guy that's an overboard fan. I, I really respect Jamie Garner and what he's done so far in just a short monster truck career. Uh, and, and Toronto was definitely a spot where, I'll tell you what, he sent it a couple times. Like you said, there was no 
hesitation. There was none of that that we were talking about earlier. Full confidence launching that truck probably pretty close to the second deck up in the air. And that truck just sucked up every bit of the punishment he was dishing out. Beautiful piece of equipment. Nice guy. Good driver. And I see things just continuing to progress for him. That's definitely a truck to watch. One of the funniest things that I can remember, like, talking with Jamie Garner, because when when Jamie first got into it, he was, you know, really energetic and enthusiastic and wanted to soak everything up like a sponge. I don't think Jamie ever thought he would be probably quite as into this as he is now. We were <laughs> it never standing happens in Vegas. that way. You think that you're just going to go to one show and then, you know, 20 years later you're doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so we're sitting in Vegas a few years back. This was during the pit party, and Jamie and his son Zach came out to just check the show out and have some fun or whatever. They weren't on display that year. And we're talking with Jamie. It was, I think it was myself and Andrew Pellegrini. Shout out to Pellegrini. Um, and, you know, we're just hanging out, chit-chatting or whatever, and talking about the year that was, if you will. And he was talking about, you know, basically trying to really step his game up on the toughest monster truck tour that year, how much harder he was really pushing to try and keep up with Dan Runte and, you know, all that good stuff. And he said, man, probably the worst thing I ever did in this business was ever try to be competitive. And he <laughs> said, because it is driving me nuts now. And you can see just how much he has really stepped up in the last couple of years. You know, he wants to be that much more competitive. He wants to be, you know, button heads with all the best guys. Not not butting heads, you know, more on the track, if you will, but not, you know, personally. But, um, you know, he has gone out and really tried to step his game up as best as possible and put the best possible piece underneath of them. I mean, he spared no expense going and putting together the new overboard truck together. It's a piece built by Paul Cohen. The shocks are being, you know, worked on by Josh Garcia out of the Gertier shop. Like they're not cutting any corners. They're not cutting any slack on that team. They're going all out for it. They want to have the best piece possible underneath of them so that when Jamie goes out and drives it, it's no excuse. It's either him or nothing. There's no way they can blame it on the truck. Yeah, and you can see the progression. You can see the confidence building, just like we were talking about earlier. Or another another couple of people that have built some great confidence up over the past few years. Uh, out in Newark, New Jersey, really enjoyed watching the runs of Tyler Meninga in Gravedigger and then Colton Eichelberger and Max D. I know it's all a Gravedigger and Max D thing, but you know what? They're some great drivers. Love seeing the moonwalks. Love seeing what they've done for arena freestyle, and it makes for great shows. Also, uh, had, had a couple of other guys do great there, too. I thought that that Newark, New Jersey show was definitely a bright spot this weekend. It's kind of rare that we don't sit there and talk, you know, a long time about some of the arena stuff. But, man, that looked like a really, really solid set of, set of three-show weekend there. That was really cool. Saw a lot of stuff that really would have made a show and it was by several different drivers, man. If I was in the stands there, I'd have, I'd have been happy. I'd have felt like I got my money's worth. Yeah, and, you know, there's a lot of interesting stuff that are happening, you know, on their shows. You keep seeing the little creative things that these drivers are coming up with, you know, whether it be in the wheelie contest or freestyle or what have you. As far as pushing these trucks and trying to make something cool happen out of these arena shows, something that, you know, is make you make anybody sit back and say, whoa, that was cool. Yeah. And you can see that, you know, they're trying, you know, unique little things with the wheelies and trying to work these funky little bounces that they continuously get off of this dirt pad, you know, because after the wheelie contest, every truck has made four hits. And on that dirt pad, there's so many angles, but after a while, things do start to look the same. So you do have to start really getting creative to try and separate yourself from everybody else. And, 
keep the fans entertained too because you know nobody wants you to watch you go out and basically repeat your wheelie contest run but at a faster pace yeah you know they want to see something different by that point in the show they've watched everything else that has happened and now you know it comes to the finale the freestyle and they want to see something cool and they're delivering these guys are really pushing these trucks hard i i fear all right i i I don't envy the crews in this situation because they're probably going through a lot of equipment and really having to turn a lot of long hours but you can tell that not only are these drivers getting creative and really trying to set themselves apart but they're being very competitive you know they want to win you know you got to do is look at colt michaelberger's you know social media posts like (laughs) he's throwing down the gauntlet and says hey you know i'm winning all this stuff come out here and take it from me um and you know you know that's something we haven't really seen a whole lot of in the last several years in monster truck racing is, is there hasn't been that kind of fierce competition if you will like we've seen a little bit of it start to come out from you know the stadium point series and there's been little hints of it here and there with the arena tours but you know a, a competition is a good thing i think for you know an entertainment aspect if you're looking at it you know purely for that aspect competition is the most interesting drama and the most interesting storylines that you can really have if you start bringing out genuine you know rivalries and you know that's the most entertaining thing you can possibly get it doesn't matter what's happening around on the floor i think the personalities that start to shine through and you know the stories that come from people you know really basically throwing it down and saying hey you know we're here to win you know that stuff that's entertaining natural storylines that happen. You don't have to fabricate it. You don't have to make anything up there. Yeah, I, the fact that we have point series everywhere now means a lot to me personally. Uh, that's that's something we've been wanting for a long time. Uh, ever since Randy Brown was a grand champion of the point series, we never knew about in you know 2002 or three. It's just like uh, now that they're sharing the points everywhere. Now that there are points everywhere, it's a beautiful thing. Love seeing that. So. One of the things that uh, we talked about the last podcast was actually Anaheim. Guess what? Trucks came back to Anaheim. And I got to say, this was a weird show. I don't know what else to say about it other than, like, my impression after watching it. This was an unusual show. I I just, that was my overall feeling. It was an unusual show. I'm not sure how I feel about the freestyle judging. Once again, it seems like we talk about that every week and for good reason. But, man. What a weird show. <laughs> I, dude, I mean, uh, so sitting in the hotel Friday night in San Antonio, get a few of us together, our usual Tough Tracks and Chill gang, and we're watching some old, like, random throwback stuff, and we ended up on some uh, some of the old Hart production shows from, the from like, 88. Oh, man. And uh, if you were ever a, a viewer of Wheel Power back in the day, if it ever came across your regional sports network, uh, you might have seen, I think... I'm going to sound, I might sound dumb. Somebody back me up on this. It's an Ohio show. I can't remember if it was Columbus or, you know, another city like that. But one of those shows, the Hart production shows, I think it's the second night, Columbus 88. Somebody can probably figure this out for sure. But that was a night of a double rollover. You had uh, Hercules and Bigfoot both rollover in the same race. It's round oh, one, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I, I have seen that because the trucks uh, would go over the. They would go over the first stack, then hit some logs in the middle, and then, yeah, that it just went bad from there. I don't think that one was the exact show that you're thinking of, but 
there's like the classic clip where Hercules and goes out of control and ends up on top of an old light tower, you know, one of those portable rental light towers. And I was like, yeah, this is one of the craziest like races of all time. I mean, you've got Gene Patterson in the other lane. Like don't even, a lot of people didn't even realize that the truck rolled over because Hercules veered off to the side and ended up on top of the light tower and nearly clipped the camera guy or whatever. It's one of those crazy old things that would only happen in the 1980s. We're like, man, it's so crazy that, you know, as many races as we've run over the years that we don't see, you know, more instances of like a double rollover race. We had one last year on FS1 Tour in St. Louis, but it was in qualifying. It was between Dustin Brown and Mikey Vodders. And I was like, you know, I was like, yeah, you don't really see that all, all too often. Well, lo and behold, I'm sitting in the uh, show office after the show on Saturday in New Orleans, and I'm getting a text message saying that we've had two double rollovers in Anaheim. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Just So, yeah, that's my long, meandering story with no point. But, you know, it's just one of those weird deals. Like, how, like, did I, like, conjure that? Did I, like, jinx something or whatever that happened in Anaheim that they ended up with two double rollovers and two very interesting double rollover situations to begin with? And especially with LeDuc and uh, McDonald in the semifinals, because I, I believe McDonald rolled after the finish line, if I remember correctly. So yeah, and McDonald just a crazy, silly deal there. Yeah, McDonald ended up advancing and, and going to the, to the finals where he lost to Max D. So, yeah, it's <laughs> just... Just one of those weird, weird deals that you can. That just it's sometimes you just have those just weird nights where weird things happen. Yeah. I mean, uh, as I I had, I had heard it was you know from one of my coworkers was you know they almost had a you know predator in Phoenix situation in Anaheim last night when Alan Pizzo came back from round from round one losing to being dropped into the finals because every other truck that had competed you know in the rounds afterwards was broke. Um, yeah. You know, so it's just one of those, you know, kind of funny deals to where things had played out. And, you know, it's one of those deals to where, you know, hats off to Neil Elliott's crew for being on point because they were brought back as a fast loser. They took advantage of it. They had the truck running great and, you know, were able to take full advantage, pick up maximum points there for the racing win. Um, you know, it was kind of one of those just funky nights in racing. And you look at how much Todd LaDuke lost out on possible points by you know, breaking off the spindle and having all that damage that incurred to the truck, you know, missing out on freestyle points is a huge deal on the way that things are shaking out with this West championship. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime that you, anytime that you miss a big chunk, you either got to make that up with a lot of victories or a lot of consistent runs. So put himself behind the eight ball a little bit, obviously didn't mean to do it on purpose. And my monster truck ran like crap today, but, uh, gotta say, not going to hide from it. Eric Swanson did win the freestyle there. Um, I got to be honest, I didn't feel like that was the winning run. Big surprise. Uh, the judging from the fans was not accurate, and I'm going to put that in the nicest possible way. Didn't enjoy seeing that. Uh, again, nothing against Eric Swanson in particular. Solid run, got a backflip in, whole nine yards. But I don't think that was the, the, the winning run there in Anaheim. Yeah, I mean, I, I've gone back and I've watched, you know, the freestyles from there, and I felt like, you know, as a whole, the freestyles there were pretty good. Yeah. Like, from yeah. top to bottom, a lot of pretty entertaining freestyles. I mean, you look at where Mark McDonald finished in the freestyle order, and I was like, dude, had a pretty good run. You know, you keep looking, and there were a lot of, you know, solid freestyles. You know, Colt Stevens threw down another really strong freestyle. We keep saying that every week now, and it's sounding like a broken record, but you got to give props to the dude. He's driving well. Um 
Jimmy Creed coming out first hit and throwing a backflip to start off. Like, hey, I'm I'm going for it tonight. Uh, yeah. yeah, can we please pause knock me on off. that for a second? Jimmy Creighton or Creighton Camp, if you are out there listening, that is amazing. I, I respect the heck out of that. You went out there and just went for the backflip. Dude, that, that, should have, that should have meant something to those judges. That's definitely a hero or zero moment right there because you can look like a total fool if you come out there and just end up on your face after the first hit. It's one thing if you're just, you know, decide to open up with a big jump and it just goes wrong and you get a bad bounce and you just end up on your lid. It's yeah. another when you go for the backflip. That's confidence. And that's you know, skill. And that's that's that is just a a, a brass set of stones, man. <laughs> Well, and, you know, and and it's interesting because, you know, that kind of strategy has bit Creighton in the past. You know, you look back a few years ago to the World Finals, he was like third hit into his freestyle and decided, hey, you know what, I'm lined up for it. I'm going to hit it and, you know, see how this goes. And, you know, in that instance, he over-rotated the truck, busted a wheel off, and he was done. And, you know, right away, you know, that totally ended his shot at, you know, another freestyle title. You know, it's it's a tough thing. You know, it probably was. I don't know if that was just his mindset and said, hey, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. If maybe that was just one of those like, hey, I pulled out of the pits. Hey, there's a backflip ramp. All right. <laughs> I, I doubt that with the way that Jimmy Creighton's mind works, that that's the way he did it. But yeah, I, I just I, I think that's awesome. I don't we don't see that a lot, especially at stadium shows versus, say, Vegas or something. Vegas, you can say, OK, well, I got a championship on the line here, so. I'm going to go for it. I could break it any time anyway with all the stuff that's out here. And maybe that was what his mindset was. I'd love to ask him about it. But, yeah, that's pretty much it there. Uh, I got a lot of stuff that I've, I've just really enjoyed seeing. But that was the main stuff for me. Um, I think that overall it's been a strong first quarter. That's a strong month of January. Uh, Storylines after the first month. What do you think? What is, what's your mindset so far? What have you been seeing? Um, I'm really interested to see how, you know, the various championships end up playing out. I mean, I think the West is shaping up to be pretty interesting so far. Neil's got a bit of a lead over the rest of the field right now, and he seems to be the most consistent so far. But, you know, it's been kind of up and down with some people, you know, as far as freestyle goes or, you know, just different results in general. But it's a strong competitive bunch out there. There's not going to be easy points given out on that tour. And then we're looking at the East Tour, and I feel like it's ripe for the taking. You know, Lindsey Wink right now has kind of you know jumped out to the lead with his really strong racing performances. You know, had to double down in in um, in San Antonio that very first show, but you know, can he keep that consistency going, or is somebody else going to step up and snatch it? You know, Tom Mintz is you know one of those guys that can go on a hot streak, and he's definitely more favored towards Chicago style racing than the SoCal style that had been that's been seen on the West Tour. Yeah. You know, if it stays Chicago style for the bulk of the tour, I could see Tom Mintz, you know, sneaking in a few racing wins. You can never count Tom out for a freestyle win. If they can keep things together, keep the truck on all fours, and keep the truck running well, Tom's in very good position to really do some damage. And then, you know, Morgan Kane so far has been pretty consistent in, in racing. He's been in the racing bracket every time. It's keeping those bad freestyles out of the mix. You know, that one hit, you know, run in San Antonio didn't help matters. 
And, you know, those are the kind of things that, you know, you really can't have, especially on as short of a season as they're dealing with on the East tour because of the Atlanta cancellation. Um, you know, the season's gotten that much shorter, you know, you're down to only, uh, I think it's seven shows over the course of six weeks. You know, that's not a lot of time to really make up for any miscues. You know, the West tour, they've got up to 10 shows, I think, because of, you know, the different reschedulings and adding on of shows. So, you know, there's a little bit more room for error, if you will, on the West tour on the East. I don't think there's going to be that much room for error at all. Um, you know, and that's going to be an interesting thing to follow is that, is that one hit freestyle that Morgan had in San Antonio going to come back to bite him? Um, you know, this week he's got, you know, a little bit of pressure on him coming into Arlington and in that he's closing out freestyle. He was the winner the week before he's got to close it out. You know, he's got to watch everybody go in front of him and know exactly what he's got to do to go out there on the floor and freestyle and, you know, pick up a win, try and pick up as many points as possible. And then, you know, look at some of the other drivers that are in position to really start to step up and, you know, try and, um, get more into the field and more into the uh, the points chase. You know, BJ Johnson's been pretty competitive so far. Hasn't gotten maybe the love that he's deserved sometimes from the freestyle judges, but um, is definitely a strong competitor. Um, he had a little bit of a steering issue in, I believe he had a steering issue in qualifying, which put him into the wheelie contest, which I can tell he wasn't thrilled about, but, <laughs> you know, is what it is kind of thing. You try to make the best of a bad situation, I guess. Um I can imagine that BJ will be a regular in the racing competition. He's been quick so far this year, um, you know, and has been very strong in freestyle every time out. Chuck Warner, another guy that you have to look out for. I mean, the dude's a pretty, pretty solid racer, uh, can definitely really run hard. I mean, we saw this past weekend, again, turn the quickest time in the weekend, cut in 18882 or something like that in Chicago style racing, which. I don't know how all the other tours are playing out, but that's been the fastest time of any of the Chicago-style races that have happened so far on the FS1 East Tour. And he's got a lot of talent. It just seems like it's hit and miss with him. But if he can find the momentum and keep that thing rolling, he can definitely do some damage. He can definitely shake some things up. It's the bad luck in freestyle that has consistently bit him, though. It seems like he gets about halfway through his freestyle run normally and something breaks in the truck. You know, I think this past weekend it was something with the transmission lines letting loose and, you know, eventually, you know, losing drive. Um, you know, weeks before it was lose rear wheel drive after landing the backflip or losing an axle here or there, something like that. It just always seems like there's some little thing that seems to bite Chuck whenever it comes to freestyle. But Running hard got- as a second truck is, is the hardest job in monster trucks. And, and Chuck has been one of the best at it for a long, long time now. And, and I got to say, yeah. He's a smart driver. He's a great driver. He's very consistent. It's just a matter of the equipment following and following in suit. Well, and speaking of equipment, you know, got to talk about Jim Kohler. Yeah. I mean, the dude has been running very strong this year. Um, you know, he's freestyling well. You know, he's got one freestyle win. He finished second this past weekend. Um, was pretty grossly underscored the first show in San Antonio, if I'm not going to, you know, just sugarcoat it. Um, you know, could be a lot more in the hunt, you know, if the the fan judging had gone a little bit better for him in the first show in San Antonio. He's been in the racing bracket every show so far. And the interesting thing to deal with in talking about Kohler is the uncertainty of the new truck. Um, for those that don't know, Jim Kohler's working on a brand new truck. They've got one built similar to what Corey Rommel's been running with Rage. And if you watched Rage run at all in the last few weeks, uh, we didn't get to talk about it with Toronto, but... 
Corey's been killing it, running yeah. very hard every weekend, especially in freestyle. The truck's working well. It's a totally different beast from anything that Kohler's been driving. Um, you know, and there's kind of a question is, is, is Kohler going to get this thing finished up and try and run it during these shows this season? You know, I know they want to get Jim's current chassis over to Mike Thompson so that he's got a fresher piece to compete with for Wrecking Crew. Um, you know, and there's some uncertainty, I guess, of, you know, transitioning to a new truck mid-season. Um, you know, especially a truck that's totally different from what Kohler's used to driving. But if he can keep that going, you know, keep making the racing bracket, keep finishing very strong and freestyle like he's been doing, you know, that's some guy that could possibly sneak into the play. You know, he may he's got the one freestyle win already. He's certainly capable of picking up some more. Yeah, but if the problem manage- is the problem there is, man, uh, dude. If if you're going out there and going for freestyle wins, chances are you might be tearing up some equipment as well. So you've got to go back to the shop and fix what you got. And with a four truck team, that's not easy. So he's got to manage four trucks and work on this, getting this fifth one ready to go and ready to immediately potentially jump into the stadiums. I don't envy Jim Kohler. I respect it. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been one of those things that everybody keeps asking, when is Kohler going to get the new truck out? Because we all want to see it. Yeah. We all want to see what Kohler can do. The guy I is mean, a, a genius. Him and him and Creighton might be the two most intelligent guys, with all respect to everybody else, in monster trucks, just from a general knowledge of everything but also mechanical knowledge standpoints. And, and, and he doesn't always maybe come across like that when he's screaming into the mic. But if you sit back there in the back and talk with Jim Kohler, holy crap, you're going to get an education. So anytime that he's got something new on the chopping block and anytime he's got fresh iron, I'm interested in seeing what changes he's made. He may make something that has the next jump or the next little mini evolution in parts on a vehicle. Yeah, you know, they've they've had at least kind of a guinea pig, if you will, in Corey's truck in that, you know, Corey's truck has already been established and really works well and everything like that. So they've been able to take that knowledge that they've learned already from Corey's truck and incorporate it into this new piece. It's just a matter of if Jim gets the right amount of time to really, you know, a good week to where he can actually finish this thing and get it worked out and get it to the next show. And that's going to be, you know, something to, you know, follow throughout the year. And then another team that's kind of in a similar boat is the Dish Rune Camp with Saigon Shaker. They've got a brand new piece being built as we speak, possibly finished up and put together by now, um, that they're pretty close to having ready. Uh, the question is is whether or not they decide to shift gears midseason and pull Ryan out of a truck that he's competing very well with so far on this year and put him into a new piece and see how that goes, you know, mid-season. They're not quite as into the championship hunt, if you will, as some of the other top trucks, but it is kind of one of those deals. Do you really want to mess with something that's working well so far? Enjoyed watching you know, that truck the, there. Enjoyed watching that in, uh, <coughs> excuse me, in New Orleans. Uh, really nice to see that. I, I wanted to ask you, too, what kind of truck, what kind of chassis is that? Have you had any, any intel on that from them? Um, I haven't really looked into it too much and I'm not one of the chassis dorks. So somebody else out there could probably put some more better info in here. They might just think I'm an idiot, but, uh, so far from what I can tell, you know, it's definitely, it's a different piece where, you know, the, the current truck that they're running now is more set up like a, a newer generation Patrick, whereas this newer upcoming truck, it looks more like your Coens or your CRDs that are the lower center of gravity, everything like that. Um, cause I do know from talking with Rick Disharoon, 
um, the current truck, the motor sits a lot higher than a lot of the current trucks that are out running. And that's one thing that kind of messes with the center of gravity and how the truck handles a little bit here and there. And I think that's one of the things that they really wanted to change. They're trying some new stuff with the shock package on the new truck. The new truck's going to be, of course, lower center of gravity, a little bit of a different wheelbase, I think, as well. And they've played with the shock angles and they're going with a coilover setup. Um, so that'll be really interesting to see, you know, that comes with its own set of, you know, um, adjustments that you have to deal with and switching from, you know, an all, you know, nitrogen shock truck to a coilover truck and getting used to the differences here and there. Um, but Ryan's a really talented fabricator and Rick certainly isn't going to put any parts on that truck that are less than 100% awesome. So, um, I think if they get the chance to run it and start, you know, putting some time seat time under Ryan with this new piece, I think they can do really well. They've got a great running truck as it is, but you give them something that's even better. Who knows what you're going to see? Ryan's a, a driver that's not afraid to really push himself and you know go a little bit over the envelope, if you will, for his own comfort and you know just let it fly. Um, you know, he's learned a lot in the last couple of years. I mean, just seeing the transition and how he drove from one of the first events he ever competed in Virginia beach to raise that. Now it's a night and day difference. You know, his first show out, he was just kind of like hammer down and hold on and hope it works. Whereas now, you know, he is fairly calculated. Um, every once in a while, you know, there's a hit or whatever that, you know, it'll get away from you a little bit, but for the most part, he seems to be really, you know, in control and, and really working that truck well. He's got a good throttle rhythm here, you know, and just really trying to do his best to put on a good show and be competitive and still be able to, you know, keep the wheels on the ground and learn. Unfortunately, rolled over first hit in the wheelie contest. But, um, you know, at least in freestyle-wise, though, you know, he was very strong, competitive, finished in the top half of the field, put on a good run. You know, was one of the few drivers to really put on a full run, if you will. I rolled a little bit early trying to do a donut, but, you know, it's just one of those things that will happen. Sometimes you're just going to find some tacky patches on the track, and I think that's kind of what happened to him. Yeah, yeah got the um, high center of gravity that you were talking about, too. That didn't help. So a little bit of furious finesse, if you will. That's what I wanted to see out of uh, out of Colt Stevens and out of Ryan coming into this year. It was like, can you tame the beast? And they both have, and it's been impressive so far to see. Yeah, I think, and one of the fun things to hear from Ryan this past weekend was, he's like, dude, I really want to make the racing bracket. He says, I don't want to be doing, it's not that I don't want to be doing wheelies. It's that I want to prove to myself that I'm a good enough driver to be making into the racing bracket and competing with those guys and battling for the win. And I think that's a cool thing is that, you know, he really wants to be one of the better drivers out there. He wants to keep working at it. He wants to put in seat time. He wants to build a track in the, you know, out back of the shop so he can practice and get better and hone his skills in because, if you do it just at shows, it's hard to keep up with some of the new talent that's coming through the Monster Jam ranks because you know they do have the opportunity to do some R and D. They do have the opportunity to get practice in by going out to Paxton and you know basically getting the equivalent of running like a full first quarter over the course of a couple of weeks. They have the budget to make that happen. Yeah, On independent skill. Not too many people have the means to do that, but the Disharoons are one of those few people that that can you know make it work they have a very well going business they have the space to do it they've got the resources they just you know need to sit down and make it happen kind of thing is basically what it sounds like from them hey, and if they a, can they could be a driving school you know you have this with wrestling those of you that watch wrestling as well there's all kinds of wrestlers that will go through their career finish everything out 
and then they will set up a wrestling school and they'll teach younger people to wrestle. Well, I think that once once some of the guys that are older in this business or some of the guys that are already retired, they need to get together and build build a school of some sort. You got Monster Jam 101 out in Paxton, but everybody kind of knows. I mean, that's that's for the company trucks. What if you got, you know, Rick Dishroons out there? You know, he was no slouch in his days behind that wheel of backdraft. Real good guy, real good driver, has a lot of great experience that he can pass on to his son. He can also be passing it on to the other independents or anybody that decides to uh, try and give this thing a shot. And I think maybe even maybe even you can have a partnership with the company as well. I think there's a lot of opportunity there, and they are seeing the benefits of that. We just talked to open this show out. We just talked about all the young drivers that are making an impression, making their presence felt quickly, and, and the development cycle being a little bit shorter. It's because of stuff like that. I strongly believe that. Well, yeah, I mean, you look in years past, you look at some of the drivers, and they would go out and they, may, they would make their debut, and they wouldn't really they wouldn't really do all that much. But, I mean, we looked to Matt Byton this past weekend, who we already talked about in Detroit. Dude made the racing bracket first show out. That's not an easy thing to do. A lot of people aren't very good at racing their first show out. Made the racing bracket right away, you know, and put in a solid freestyle. You know, there's some rookie mistakes here and there, but you know, was still, you know, exciting enough to get the fans into it and do well with the scoring and everything like that. And you look at, you know, all the talent that keeps coming through the arena tours and all the, you know, progression that's coming out of those shows. And you see where they're able to, you know, take that over into the stadium environment. I mean, you look at the freestyle that Colvinard did at the World Finals this year. I mean, for never having really done that many, you know, stadium freestyles except for one or two, you know, instances that he filled in for Adam, you know, that was as impressive as it gets for coming in on a, such a big stage and just really laying down the law and, you know, putting on an awesome opening run, especially with a broken truck like he did. Um, this, I think it showcases the talent that can happen and or the talent that you can hone over such a short amount of time when you get that much practice. It used to be, you know, you'd have to, you know, get a few years under your belt to be competing with the top dogs. And now it's like, well, you know, you get a summer under your belt in the first quarter. All right. Well, hey, you can start, you know, button heads with everybody. Absolutely. I think that's a great point, man. And I think it's a good one to wrap up on. Unless you got anything else, I think that's pretty much it for this week. Yeah, man. We're uh, looking. I'm looking forward to uh, heading down to Arlington. Uh, you know, possibly get some barbecue in my gullet and uh, hang out in Jerry's role and see what happens on this East Championship. I'm uh, I'm really interested to see what will continue to happen. See what will develop. See if anything new will come to the surface, or if maybe we'll have you know start to have a really clear cut championship battle here. Absolutely, man. That's great. I think uh, you guys can follow us and all of the social media. You can go to All Monster Videos. That's where you're either watching this video or listening somewhere. Uh, that's our YouTube channel. You can subscribe there, drop a like on this video, leave a comment in there. Uh, of course, Twitter, All Monster, uh, The All Monster, and then you got All Monster for our Instagram as well. Any of those stuff, any of those things, have a lot of fun over there with the monster trucks, and I hope that you guys, if you're headed out to some shows, let us know. Of course, we always are down to have a conversation about these great things with four tires that we love so much. We will see you next week for theallmonster.com, Monster Truck Podcast. I've been Robbie, and he's been Dustin. Can I be Garth? You can be Wayne or Garth or anybody. (laughs)